This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, Canada. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, we're all together. Gents, in the studio together. What's going on here? Reunited and feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. Here we are. Uh, If you're listening coast to coast on iHeartRadio, TSN Radio app, uh, TSN Radio Network here in Toronto, TSN 1050, or watching us this morning on TSN Television, we are live uh, now right till noon Eastern, and we will wrap up. The end of the PGA Tour Super Season. Um, what a playoffs it was. It was incredible. We're going to get into it today. Uh, we've got Doug Bell from uh, my PGA Tour radio team. Uh, I worked the broadcast this week. I hosted the broadcast this week. I, don't know if you I noticed that. I heard you Did on you Saturday. Heard? I was do- do- driving around here and there. Yeah, you were very good. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. I was exhausted. It's like you've done it before. That's a hard job. <laughs> it is that hard. is a, our, our regular host, Earl Forsey, is so good at it. And he just does it. So naturally, but there's so many moving parts that Earl does so easily that when you get thrown into that chair, like as a one off kind of once in a while, it's like, whoa, you got to, you know. Uh, but Doug Bell, Doug Bell, who was part of our play by play team, he was on the ground in Atlanta at East Lake and he had Patrick Cantley for four days. So I figure who better to, to have on the show this morning than a guy who walked every single shot for four days with Patrick Cantley and Doug Bell will have Doug Bell. Um, also, the winner uh, this week of PGA Tour Canada, Adam. Callum uh, Davis. Callum Davis. We're hoping to have uh, Callum. So he is driving back from Atlantic Canada to Saskatchewan. And so we might get him. Service, <laughs> we might not get him. He's not 100% sure what the cell service will be like. So at around 11.15 Eastern, we'll find out. We might have him on. We might not. That's, that's about a 4,000-kilometer trip, by the way. I just wanted to let you know. Just, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And who knows where cell signal actually is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it is it, right? Um, we'll also jump into Ryder Cup. Obviously, the, the top six are locked in. It's going to be pick season now. Lots of golf. We'll get you caught up on leaderboards. Corn Ferry Tour, McKenzie Tour, which we just touched on. There's a Solheim Cup today. Yeah. Singles competitions oh, yeah. today. Big time. You're up, up two points yeah. going in. Huge Sunday for Team USA mm-hmm. yesterday. It could have been over before it started, yeah. and they kind of clawed themselves back into it. I noticed mm-hmm. that as well. So that, that's good for the event itself, obviously. Uh, we'll jump into all that. We're going to give away a pair of brand-new Adidas shoes. Yes, we are. In about 45 minutes or so, the new Adidas ZG21 Motion shoes. We had a giveaway on social media. If you followed Golf Talk Canada and Adidas Golf on Twitter and Instagram, you were in the draw to win. We'll announce our winner in about 40 minutes. And I don't know, Adam, uh, <laughs> if you saw uh, Christian Anderson on Twitter, who's one of our regular listeners mm-hmm. and followers and watchers, he said it's awfully nice of Adidas to release uh, a shoe just for me. The ZG. I saw <laughs> that tweet and that? I laughed out yes, loud. Yes, yes. So, and it's funny. Like uh, uh, Leslie didn't tell me about it. That's Casey, right. Casey, they didn't call. Nothing. They just went ahead and did I it. I like it. So, thank you to our friends at Adidas for the Z uh, Golf Shield. Okay, we're gonna give one of those away. Uh, we're gonna jump into it deep today. And there's this is not without controversy. We'll do a lot of tour championship. But before we get into all this, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. 
All right, uh, before we get into Tour Championship, because a lot of the show is going to be devoted to Tour Championship, great news out of uh, the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Michael Glickett gets through, and now we have nine PGA Tour cards. And we were doing the Count Bob off-air off this morning, and I forgot one because I forgot Graham Delight on medical <laughs> right. exemption still. So now nine full-time 125 or better status on the PGA Tour. And that is a record for Canadian golf. There used to be, there was eight two years ago. Um, now we've got, uh, now we've got nine and it's a, every single one of those guys is coming in playing some decent golf, if, especially if you look at uh, Pendrith and Svensson who had to wait an extra year to make the jump up from the Corn Ferry Tour. Adam Svensson last year, or in this super season, played 40 events. <laughs> That's a lot of golf. That is un. On, but that's you couldn't miss you know you couldn't miss a week if you're on the Corn Ferry Tour because you you start to slide back right. now Pendrith had the luxury of being really good the first season so he could right. bank a few but uh, yeah it's great for Canadian golf who are we looking for who who do you have your eye on I I keep going to Taylor Pendrith even though I should probably be looking at Adam Svensson who's won twice I don't know everybody digs the long ball I guess Taylor Pendrith has got a lot of skill set he's also contended in big hard golf tournaments like the U.S. Open where you go mm, maybe there's something here but I don't know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does early in the PGA Tour season. Who you have? Yeah, on? I'm Taylor Pendrith for sure. I mean, the low Canadian at that 2020 U.S. Open last September. I know, Bob, you did a story on Pendrith and Corey Connors, their relationship years ago, and that this guy had just so much raw talent, but had just some weird injuries, you know, tearing his palm of all things. But now he's healthy, and like his expectations for this PGA Tour season have to be pretty sky high. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know Taylor was when I went to see him at Kent State. Uh, Corey was the, the the guy down there, but Taylor, his coach, told me says you know this is the guy who I really think is going to break through. Now he had I think he had like a lot of young players. He had so much raw talent that he didn't really work hard on the weaker parts of his game. Now he's shored them up. Now he's one of his big things was fitness. He just he didn't really like the gym. Now he's gym rat. And that's helped him, and he knows that he has to exercise and kick, take care of his body because of these injuries he's been through. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. And I, I think the rest of the, the lineup there, I mean, Corey Connors, is he's going he's gonna to be a father very soon. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a little addition to that, which may distract him for a little bit. Um, but, uh, but what a year he had. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, and uh, we can go through all the guys like that and say positive things about them. So hopefully some of them really shine. It's funny, I didn't know I had that in common with him, that we don't like the gym. Interesting. <laughs> I, did, I had no idea. I had no idea. You know, we're going to talk about a, a couple of cool records today, mm-hmm. uh, one of which you'll have in Winners Weird and What, but I don't know, did you guys see Joaquin Neiman yesterday? Yeah, running Neiman. <laughs> running Neiman. Now, previous to Joaquin Neiman playing in the Tour Championship yesterday by himself, the record for fastest round on the PGA Tour was by Kevin Na also at the Tour Championship a few years ago, and he beat the two-hour mark for fastest round in the history of the PGA Tour. Joaquin Neiman beat it yesterday, an hour and 53 minutes, a new record on the PGA Tour. And did you see him, Bob? He almost, he almost tanked and fell into the pond on 15. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Or was it eight? One of blew those a shoe. Yeah, he blew a shoe. But you know what's interesting? There is, there is an unofficial mark that no one, no one has really kept track of, and that was John Daly's round. 
he did it as a solo one time, and apparently he did it in under an hour, and he was uh, fined by the PGA <laughs> Tour for lack of co- competitive spirit or so whatever. So they don't count it. They never really counted that one, so he was zipping around apparently. So I'm not sure where the where the real definition is. So it, but, but you know, under under two hours is just like the marathon. They under breaking two. It's just <laughs> but, like that. They never but, thought it was humanly possible. But Kevin Na, when Kevin Na did it, he birdied his last four holes. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. imagine doing that and just running around That's walking in all of Saves time. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But you know what? It shows you that sometimes if you get out of your way, like just react, let it happen, as opposed to make everything this this micro, tight, anxiety-filled moment in time that you just Mm -hmm. get out of your way and let your talent come to the surface, you know, that's a perfect example because that's what happens in other sports that golf doesn't have the luxury of doing. In other sports, you react. You know, I pass you the puck, Bob. You're not sitting there going, okay, what shot am I going to take? Right, right. Where should my hands be? yeah, Yeah, where should my hands be? And golf, that's, you know, that's the interesting thing. Okay, how concerned are we... Or should I say, how concerned is Captain Steve Stricker mm. about a wrist injury for Brooks Kepka? What do we know? I saw it happen. I saw him WD, and you know, haven't heard much since. Where are you on this, Adam? Well, so Steve Sands spoke to Brooks Kepka, I believe, right after, and said, and Kepka said he'd be fine. The the he'd be fine to play. The broadcast showed, you know, it looked like Kepka was wincing a bit. I did see an alternate angle on Instagram where a fan was right there taking a video, and you could hear him swear. You could hear him, like, sort of drop his club right away because it was the same wrist that was surgically repaired a couple of years ago. I don't know. Like, I think this is a bit of a touchy subject here, and I'm not sure if he'll be ready. First thing I thought of when I saw that was Mike Weir, because that's how Mike Weir's career went into the downfall. He hit a root at the at the heritage point and went right up his arm and uh, into his elbow, right? And I was just thinking, man, that's not a place where you want to be injured. So if it's any any seriousness at all, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think right now the, the two captains might be considering alternate selections anyway just because of some guy tests positive for COVID. Right, good point. Oh, you're going to have to. So this right. may be, there may be uh, maybe uh, 15 or 16 guys who have the full uniform and stuff for the U.S. if mm-hmm. they, they got a backfill. I've got it on good information and inside source that oh. told me that Bryson DeChambeau actually had a Brooks Kepka voodoo doll and put a pin <laughs> in the wrist. And apparently it's working out for uh, Bryson. Uh, okay, before we go to break, guys, because on the other side, we're going to flip the script and dive deep into the Tour Championship. And there's so much to peel back here. Uh, just the the event itself, the play of Patrick Cantley, the play of John Rahm, uh, Kevin Na pushing in. The fact uh, that... Patrick Cantley won, but did he win? Is he player of the year? I mean, so many ways to go, but this was a super season, right? 50 events. And I know Dustin Johnson kind of took what feels to me like the summer off, but I can't forget the fact that Dustin Johnson still won the Masters last November, which is technically still part of this season, Mm -hmm. which is for me the reason why I feel like this super season for me are the big names in the game of golf that maybe this was a lost season for Rory McIlroy. If you had to come up with a name, Bob, who, out of the super season, six majors, a player's championship, world golf championship events, 50 events, including three playoff events, who lost the super season? Oh, boy, who lost it? Um, I don't know. It's uh, there's, a, there's a bunch up there I could go through, but you're, you're not far off. I don't know. Dustin won in November. And then, you know, we had that crazy hot streak for a while there and then was quiet after. 
You know, Rory, Rory won Rory, Wells Rory Fargo. still won Wells Fargo, yeah. and I thought he played better towards the end of the year, even though it was a little inconsistent. Um, I don't know. What do you think? How about Ricky Fowler? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Ricky. He was really MIA all year. You know, mm-hmm. one top ten, a bunch of missed cuts. It seemed like his game was getting a little better at times. Some flashes of brilliance at final round sixty five at the Open, uh, but then you know, his just he hit some foul balls here and there. His putting was brutal. I guess for me, the reason I don't say Ricky Fowler or the reason I don't say Tommy Fleetwood yeah, Justin or Rose. Justin Rose, the reason I don't say those names is simply because. As great as they are as players, and they are world-class players, Rory's at a different level. Like, Rory's standard for me on how we grade him, and Dustin Johnson, uh, and John Rahm now, and players of that stature, to me, their qualifications, what they do to say this is a good year is different to me than how we would grade those other players. With all due respect Mm -hmm. to all of them, because they're all great players. So for me, that's why for me it's Rory. This is another year where Rory doesn't threaten to win a major, another year where Rory doesn't threaten to get to number one in the world, and another year where we have more questions about Rory McIlroy heading into the year than we do answers. Thus... Rory McIlroy for me. On the other side, we will flip the script, and we'll go deep into the Tour Championship. We put a bow on the Super Season. We'll talk about it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks, Scully, as we will dive now into the Tour Championship. Okay, guys, I'm going to throw it out right now. I'm not going to dilly-dally around this. First off, Patrick Cantley... I think he played beautiful golf. I love watching his move, by the way. His tempo is so smooth, right? Isn't it? It's just fun to watch. And it's such a cool contrast to watch him and John Rahm, which John Rahm's motion is over in the blink of an eye. Right? By the time he gets it, I mean, like, there's no, it almost looks like there's no set of the golf club. It almost looks like there's no transition between, you know, backswing and, and follow through. And, and it proves that's the kind of beauty about golf. There's so many different ways to get it done. It's one of the things I love about it. But Patrick Cantley's. Certainly fun to watch. He wins the Tour Championship. He wins the FedEx Cup. It's a one-shot victory over John Rahm. He played brilliantly. His play at the BMW, his putting at the BMW was ridiculous. And on Saturday and Sunday, when he really needed to make putts, it seems like the putter kind of carried over Mm -hmm. again. Here's my question for you guys. Three years now on the staggered stroke system. I understand why we went to this, so that you know the casual golf fan and the casual, that's important, I think, the casual golf fan and the casual sports fan could understand what's happening on a Sunday at the Tour Championship as opposed to the hardcore golf fan, right? So that they can look up on a board and go, oh, 10 under, 9 under, whatever, right? But technically speaking, Patrick Cantley didn't win this golf tournament. Mm. Technically speaking, John Rahm and Kevin Na won this golf tournament. I think it was 13 or 14 under par they were tied at. Patrick Cantley, the record books are going to show that he had four wins this year. One of them is a tour championship where he was spotted 10 shots. Again, technically, if they all started at even par, he wouldn't have won. And the other one, he was trailing by six when John Rahm tested positive for COVID at the Memorial and in a way was gifted the Memorial uh, Jack's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So four wins, you could argue that are really two wins, and now walks away with the PJ Tour's biggest prize and potentially Player of the Year. This isn't sitting well with me, Bob. Do you have do you have any issues with any of this? None, none whatsoever. The rules were clear. Everybody knew it. Everyone knew what going in, what COVID was going to cost you. Everybody knew what the scoring system was. I don't care if Patrick Cantley is, you can call him the net division winner <laughs> at the final championship. But it's true. They all knew what was going on. And I don't really have the, you know, he, there's, there's lots of weeks where the guys, guy who plays the best for four days doesn't necessarily win because some guy comes in, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I understand the scoring the way it is with, with Ram and Na, who, who logged a, a lower score. But you knew what was happening going in. And it's a th- it's a basically a three week process, the tour championship to get there, and so I don't really have an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sort of on the <laughs> fence the about middle. this. I know well, that's why you sit in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just a little <laughs> strange. Still, I mean, looking at Rom's stats, you know, this season he was first in scoring average, first in top tens, first in official money, first in birdie average, first in strokes gained tee to green, first in strokes gained total, first in the world, yeah, second in the FedEx Cup. He, I, Rom played the best all year, but you know Bob said it. Rules are rules, and uh, for wins, I, Patrick Cantlay did have the most wins. I'm curious which way the players vote on this. We saw a couple of years ago the Brooks Kepka versus Rory McIlroy debate where that was pretty close. Rory McIlroy won it. Still, the format for me is still same here. You wonder. Hey, if, by the way, Patrick Cantlay, John Rom. Uh, I believe Kevin Na, there's uh, Rory McIlroy, several big name players that were in this event were vocal, not negative. They didn't do, put a negative twist on this, but they were vocal in saying they're still not a fan of this format, mm. and they would they would be in favor of a of a tweak or change. Okay, so here's my tweak or change. Okay. What if you have so the top 125, they all they make it to the playoffs. So going into the playoffs, you have some sort of staggered leaderboard. And then all 125 guys play all three events, so it's a cumulative score for three tournaments. Is that? I mean, that would take away two wins, two tournaments, obviously. But it's still, it's still, it's still, still, there's still the possibility that the guy who shoots the lowest score isn't going to win, and that's. I think you either have to be all in or all out. And I don't like the idea of having two winners. For like sure. Justin Rose and Tiger Woods standing there a few years ago, right. and they're kind of, you know, poor Justin Rose is sitting there going, da, 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 well, right. Tiger's yeah. getting all the glory. I don't right. know. There's no, there's no perfect solution uh-huh. the way I see it, but Mark's going to offer me one. Well, no, no. Yeah, I have a system that will never <laughs> happen. Okay. But I do have a system that makes complete logic sense on how other sports handle playoffs. And why other sports, I'm going to say, the best league in the world when it comes to professional sports is the NFL. Mm-hmm. People love the NFL. I think it's the best team sport and league in the world. Certainly the strongest fiscally on this side of the pond. And it would never happen in the PGA Tour playoffs because the sponsors would never go for it. And I'll tell you why. Because how you get around all this is buys. You take the top 10 at the end of the FedEx Cup and you just put them in the Tour Championship and say, you are there, and you don't have to play the Northern Trust, and you don't have to play the BMW. And then you take the next 20 or 30 and say, you don't have to play the Northern Trust. You're already in the BMW. And the reason this doesn't work is because when Northern Trust is the sponsor of the opening FedEx Cup playoff event, and they look and they go, the top 30 aren't here because they've already been given a buy, they ain't cutting a check. And then the TV's going to freak out. But if you give people buys, like the NFL says, you won the division, you won the conference, you don't play wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. 
To me, that makes the most sense. And then you don't deal with staggered leaderboards, and you don't deal with these things. The reward for a good, regular season is that you've already got to that tour championship. How about a match play since that scenario, right? You could do that. Works great until it's Joaquin Neiman versus you know <laughs> well, I, you or yeah. me in the final. <laughs> yeah, and if it's in the, and it's a five and three or something, you know, victory. But there's no perfect solution right. here, so I don't know. What do you think about the buy? Sponsors put aside, TV and sponsors aside. I've never considered it. It's it's fascinating. I'm fascinated. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, for definitely. <laughs> but I will say though, you know, you know, it's less complicating when you're watching on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You know, you're not seeing Steve Sands with, by a whiteboard saying, okay, if he birdies here, but if he bogeys here, he moves up to second. But if he bogeys, he goes down to third. So it's mm-hmm. sort of, it's, it simplifies it a little bit. This tournament would have been completely different if Patrick Cantlay shot three over on day one, right? Right. You know, very much so. And maybe next year we'll see that. But I mean, it's, it, yeah. And to Bob's point, though, I guess, to come full circle, everybody knows the rules, everybody starts, and everybody knew what COVID costs and all that. And Sean Robb had a thousand times, a thousand opportunities to win this golf tournament. Yeah. He couldn't make a putt mm-hmm. when he needed one, which is unlike John Rob. And I have never seen him, you know, with the exception of Colin Morikawa, I would put John Rom and kind of Justin Thomas. Uh, okay, well, maybe JT. I would put Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas as the, as the two best iron players in the world. And then right there next, I would have John Rahm at that next kind of level. And when you take strokes gain off the tee and strokes gain approach and put those two together, there's nobody better than John Rahm. And I've never seen Bob John Rahm struggle with his mid and short irons as much as we saw over the last 36 holes of the Tour Championship. And, and the putter. On Sunday, I think the longest putt he sank was six feet. And like these, so many good opportunities to putt. And he had them. He had good opportunities because he hit them in. You know, usually he hits them in fairly close, but he didn't really. I don't know. They were all like 10, 12, 16, 20. There was nothing like a gimme range kind of thing that you sometimes see with John Rahm because of his iron play. I love the the golf course Eastlake. I thought the setup was great. The 15th mm-hmm. hole is slowly yeah. turning into one of the best par threes in, in the world of golf. Is it not? It's terrifying. And the, <laughs> the, the Harris English hole in one. I'm and... just trying to figure out where are the member tees. On that hole. I yeah. It's a drop it zone. Where it's it's, it's 225, zone. all carry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if there's any wind, look out. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, okay. Well, congratulations to Patrick Cantley. I still think we're going to see changes for some reason. I, I, I don't know why. I think when enough voice, like when, when Rory McElroy and even the winner, when the winner says that he's not comfortable with it in Patrick Cantley, I think there still might be changes. Uh, to come on the other side, we're going to welcome in Doug Bell, and we're going to talk a little bit more just Patrick Cantley specifically in his play over four days, and what Doug saw with his own eyes between Cantley and Rom. Again, Doug Bell from our PGA Tour radio team was with uh, Patrick Cantley for all four days at East Lake for the Tour Championship, uh, and then after that, in hour two today, guys, we're going to switch gears and talk a little Ryder Cup, and I'm curious from your position, did Kevin not? <laughs> All of a sudden, just inject himself heavily into this conversation for the Ryder Cup. You know, because Kevin Na, you know, he had a great season, finished solo third now in the FedEx Cup. And more importantly, it's match play. Do you not want a guy who just makes a ton of putts and seems to be able to putt at any golf course he goes to, on any type of grass he goes to, putt, putts under pressure? I mean, if in two man events, as a someone needs to make putts, and that's always been the problem, right? We we turn on the Ryder Cup every year, and Europe's putting into a bathtub. Mm-hmm. 
And America can't make any putts. Maybe Kevin Na's the answer. So we'll have that conversation later when we get. I want your picks on the Ryder Cup. But on the other side, uh, Doug Bell from the CBS Sports Network and my PGA Tour radio team will join us to talk Patrick Cantley. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we're talking Tour Championship. And we are just connecting with Doug Bell from PGA Tour Radio, who's with Patrick Cantley. For four days at the Tour Championship. And uh, by the way, if you're tuning in on uh, TSN Television this morning, thank you for watching us on TSN TV as well as the iHeartRadio app and TSN Mobile app and TSN Radio. And here in 1050, Bob, you're back. There you are. Hold on. Bob's back. Is it a quick night? How'd you hit it? You hit it okay? Hey, we're finally golfing this week. I'm I'm excited. We're going to Weston, which I haven't played in years. One of my favorite golf courses in the Toronto area. Now, speaking of us golfing, Bob, you had a big tournament over the weekend. Oh, yes. The uh, semifinals of the Father-Son Match Play Championship at Weston. I did not know this. And uh, my dad and I, see most of the competitors in this event, (laughs) the the father is usually younger than me. Right. And the son is very young and are younger. And then, uh, and then you get to, into uh, what we we have. My dad at eighty nine, and uh, we uh, rolled to a five up lead after twelve, and uh, five up, five up after twelve, and managed to win one up. <laughs> <laughs> a little, leaked a little oil on the back nine. A uh, win's a win. It is. Have we connect? We have connected now with uh, my colleague from uh, CBS Sports Network, as well as my PGA Tour radio colleague, Mr. Doug Bell, who walked with Patrick Cantley for four days at the Tour Championship. Doug, I know it was a long haul for all of us this week, so I appreciate you jumping in with us on our uh, on our wrap up show here on TSN and Golf Talk Canada. Doug, uh, let's start with this question. I'm looking at Patrick Cantley's stats right now. He was negative strokes gain putting of 1.670 for the week. Coming off a week where he was plus 14.58, I believe, off the top of my head at the BMW Championship was the record. If I had told you he was going to be negative almost two shots and was going to win the Tour Championship, would you have told me I was nuts? <laughs> oh. Oh. He is. Hold on. We don't have him. Oh, he's dropped. Okay. He's dropped. Okay. We dropped him. He could be in a bad area. I would have told you you were nuts. He told me that. Isn't live TV fun, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> would you have told me I was nuts, Bob, after yeah. what we watched? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing to see that putting. I mean, he didn't. I thought he kind of, the difference between last week and this week was that he kind of was a clutch putter this week, as opposed to last week he made everything. Right. You know, he made the putts when he needed mm-hmm. to make them. Right, uh, so that's the in your mind, like it's true because he was pouring a minute forever. The big putt for me, something changed for me on the ninth green Saturday. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was a huge big right to left swim. I mean, he really didn't made nothing the whole tournament to that point, and that to me sent the message. And that's a putt you don't expect to make. And then after that, you're right, Bob. He just made the stuff he had to. Now, you mentioned, so his putting stroke is, it's just like his long game. It's very fluid, very smooth, and that putting stroke is great on fast greens. 
So I, I like Patrick Cantley for the Masters here has to be. He was my pick for the for the Masters in April. He missed the cut there because he struggled with his putting in the middle par- portion of the season. Mm-hmm. You wonder if and when we get to slower greens, how that sort of because it's a slower putting stroke. I, I don't know because yeah. we had this discussion with it's a Ro- passive about, putting it's a pa- stroke. Exactly. Like you and I have the conversation with Justin Rose every time the Masters rolls. Yeah. Around. Why or does Adam he Scott putt? Or or like why that. do they putt well at Augusta? Because they don't. There's no hit. Yeah. In the putting stroke, right? There's a. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm curious as to that. Does now that we've gone Masters, does the fact that he seems to to lean heavily? I don't know. Does he? He doesn't hit the ball with much ball flight like a John Rahm. There's not a lot of left it's like right a flat, there. It's kind of a flat. like a knuckleball. Is he high enough ball hitter to contend at Augusta, Bob? Yeah, I think so. I think he's shown he can play some good rounds there. He hasn't put four together. But I think his, and I think his, uh, more than anything to me, the thing that makes me think he's going to be good at, at Augusta is just his uh, demeanor. Mm-hmm. Right. Never too high, never too low. Seems, and, you know, you always get yourself in crazy situations there. So I don't know. I, just think, I think he's got a good game for it. He almost won two years ago. That's right. That's 2019, true. he had That's the lead true. very briefly. <laughs> All right. This is, by the sounds of it, we're having some difficulties connecting with Doug. Maybe he might be in a bad cell area. I don't know. Uh, we have connected by text. He said to give him a call. So if we can try again, we'll try again. Uh, if not here, um, who are the winners in this playoff outside of Patrick Cantley? To me, Tony Finau is an obvious one. Oh, yeah. Tony Finau is an obvious one. I guess you could say Bryson because he got the PGA Tour to stop him. You know, like yeah. Everyone yelling Brooksy because it got to too much of a point. I think a little bit of Justin Thomas coming back and maybe uh, Kevin Na. We, we talked about Kevin Na before, but I think he really shined through in terms of his audition for, uh, for Steve Stricker. Which we will get into, um, for sure. I don't know. Who else? I mean, I can certainly give you one of the losers of the playoffs, not Colin Morikawa. Mm. Yeah. What? What yes. happened? Like yeah. so, some sort of back injury where he just kept playing at the Northern Trust and just he should have probably stopped right then and there, and just didn't really have it throughout the playoffs. He was near the bottom of the leaderboard, T twenty six this week after having an unbelievable, you know, previous what thirteen months dating back to the PGA Championship last August. Maybe ran out of gas. I don't know. I got to think that that's part of this, guys. And you know, it's funny because the PGA Tour season is going to wrap as of now, and in two weeks they're going to start again that's a whole what an off season travel the world you that's know, a whole 10 other, days that, that is a whole <laughs> other can of worms right but i mean okay and then there's a rider cup which regardless you know it's obviously pga of america mm-hmm. european mm-hmm. tour event but it's part of the schedule best players in the world are going to have to go play it so at some point you need to take some time off yep and at some point there is some bur- there is definitely burnout is a factor but there's a race to dubai on the other side of the pond <laughs> that the best players from that side of the world are under the gun to support and participate some of which are american and some of which you don't think of as european tour players that are leading the race to dubai or in near at the top of the race to dubai because of joint sanctioned events like majors and world golf championship players like Colin Morikawa, etc and I'm curious to see, to your point, Adam, like who's going to vanish and who's going to just say enough's enough and go, I need to walk away because burnout's a factor. Morikawa is certainly part of it. And I wonder if this super season, Bob, took its pound of flesh and maybe skewed the way this thing would have looked, i.e. McElroy, DJ, etc. Well, I mean, uh, Rory was this week said he was just basically fried, right? He said he needs some time off. He needs to recharge. And I understand that you know he probably played too much. He's got those 
that pull that they want him to go over and play in a race to Dubai and events over there. And I don't know what his schedule is going to be look, looking like. He's missing the big BMW uh, championship, which is one of their biggest events. Their players' championship. Right, right? essentially. He's not going to play that. He said that. Um, and I think there's a burnout with a lot of these guys. I just think, you know, it's starting. Yes, the super season really didn't allow for uh, as much of a break because there, was, of, there were six majors and they just seemed to keep coming and coming and coming. But I think there's a lot of burnout with a lot of guys out here. And I think that, I think that could become a bigger story in the, in the next year or two with guys just saying, look, I've just, either, I'm, either you cut the season back a little bit or I'm just not going to play some of these bigger events that I've always played. I was going to say, in years past, too, the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup would be the week after the Tour Championship. Mm-hmm. You recall back in 2018, Tiger Woods had that big victory, that 80th PGA Tour win. He looked and asleep at the Ryder he Cup. Looked, yeah. He was a different guy in France, obviously traveling time zones across. You know, if you think back to the 2017 President's Cup, we were all there at Liberty National, where the U.S. almost won the thing after two days, or after three days, it's a four-day tournament, where it was almost done and done at that point. So burnout's certainly a factor, and that has to be something going forward for sure. Well, well, we will wait and see. So we cannot cut, we cannot connect with Doug. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna drop that, and uh, hopefully he's okay. I'm sure he's fine. He's probably just trying to get his way home uh, to mm-hmm. Birmingham and caught in a bad cell area. And maybe we'll have him on in the near future to put a For wrap sure. on this thing and, and, and go from there. Um, could what we're talking about in terms of scheduling, to Bob's point, could we end up landing where? Okay, back in the early 90s, Greg Norman wanted a tier, remember a, a tier of the tour, Bob, where the top 30 in the world, top 50 in the world, top 75 in the world, etc., would play together more often. And what Norman was suggesting was an international tour that would really create a, a separate tier in, within the PGA Tour structure. So we know it's there already. We just don't talk about it as much. Like the, the event coming up in two weeks in Napa, is a very different looking PGA Tour event than the one Jack Nicholas has at the Memorial or Arnold Palmer has at Bay Hill for that matter. So it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that we don't talk about it. It's got 500 FedEx Cup points and some of them have 500 or 550 on occasion, but you know what I'm saying. Now we're talking about the Scottish Open next year, which is the first joint one. If it continues down that road, which I assume it's going to do to back off Saudi money and to back off all those voices that are, you know, suggesting there could be another option in the world of golf, which most of the best players in the world have already said they don't want to be a part of. If we're going to go down this joint road, could we not see where we were going in the early 90s, Bob? Could we not see more joint events? 20 events where they all, it's the best in the world, and then almost the second tier of the PGA Tour. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's already sort of heading there. You see the relationship that the PGA Tour and the European PGA Tour have, have sort of forged, and not only just with those events, but, uh, but you know, the PGA Tour has a stake now in the European PGA Tour. I think that will be, eventually, will be one tour. There'll be a top line, there'll be a second, and then, you know, you can go down as much as you want, and I think, I think that's what's, it's almost like the Saudi push, whatever you want to call it, is almost forcing their hand to, to go that way. I think it's great for the game. I think yeah. it's great for all of us. I think a, a, a tighter package with the best players in the world at, at a tier that is global and international is wonderful for the sport, good for the players, and it's good for all of us. No, and, and we can display some of the great, or showcase some of the great golf courses around the world, and as long as the schedule is you know, somewhat spread out, mm-hmm. too, you know, we, we've seen this burnout happen of three straight weeks where 
it's rare that you'd ever see a professional athlete say, I'm so tired heading into a week like Rory McIlroy <laughs> right. was for the BMW Championship. So let's see maybe a little more spread out. I wish, you know, obviously in, in the tennis world, they have the Australian Open, which is, you know, January, February. Mm-hmm. Imagine if there was a big, you know, PGA Tour, European Tour, big sanctioned event sometime in January. Like, I know the Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines is a big event, but not everyone's there. Mm-hmm. Imagine if there was like a bigger a bigger event in that, that time span. That'd be Obviously, cool. a lot of challenges in front of the golf community sure. when we go down these roads. But off the top of my head, one of the biggest challenges that they're going to have in my mind, if it lands here, Bob, and I think Bob's a 1,000% right, I don't think it can go anywhere. Now, how quickly we get there, who knows? Maybe it takes five years, ten years, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think it eventually lands, lands there. And in my mind, one of the hardest things in the world is going to be how to figure out to get the the players from here and give them opportunities to enter that level of play, so it's not it, it's not a stagnant thing because we see that already within the PGA Tour now when we're talking about Corn Ferry and trying to maneuver. The, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to get starts. It's hard to get. So there's a lot of moving parts yeah. and there's a lot of challenges ahead. But if that's where this lands, which I think we all kind of agree it lands somewhere there, I think it's the right move for the game of golf. So. On the other side, Adam's giving away a pair of shoes, right, Adam? How did they win this, by the way? So, follow Golf Talk Canada. Okay. Follow Adidas Golf. Okay. Twitter and Instagram, and you tag your golfing buddies. We had thousands of entries into this, and after the break, Mark, we're going to give away a pair of ZG21s. Motion. Motion. Yes. They were wearing them this week. I saw them. Uh, some guys wearing them. Was it Joaquin had a pair of blue ones? So on? these are how comfortable these shoes are. Joaquin Neiman was running around yeah. in these golf shoes <laughs> yeah. in less than two hours, playing 18 holes of professional golf. No blisters after. He was good to go. These could be on your feet. You'll find the, out after. The these break. aren't your shoes, though, right? They're not game worn. These are not game worn. <laughs> okay, well, these the, the ZG, the Zacchino shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that Joaquin looking good in uh, full. He had the Adidas three stripe navy hat. Yep. Into the a similar shirt to I what Bob has that on. Very shirt yeah, on. that very shirt yeah. with the navy uh, uh, speck in the center. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then the matching navy pant into the navy new motions shoe. I like that navy shoe too. First good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. <laughs> That's where it starts. Joaquin Neiman got it. He knew what he was doing. All right, on the other side, we give away a pair of those shoes. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Taylor Made was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, TSN Radio Network, TSN Television, Coast to Coast. As we wind down Hour 1, we're going to take a look here at the Solheim Cup. But before we get to the Solheim Cup, because, man, America made this uh, a championship yesterday. Really yesterday morning in Sunday foursomes when the U.S. won 3-1, because it was 5.5 to 2.5 after day one, and Europe was about to just romp. And Team America instead jumps back into this. And now it is 9-7 heading into Monday singles. We're going to look at this. But before we do, Skulls, let's give away a pair of my shoes. The ZG21 Motion by Adidas. They look great. 
The, the Joaquin Neiman, they, that, that, that's the, the pair that caught my eye, but there was more Adidas athletes wearing them. Uh, let's give these uh, puppies away. Let's do it. So all you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow Adidas Golf on Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. You're in a draw to win. Congratulations to Nick Senema, who has won a pair of these Adidas ZG21 motion shoes. We'll be in touch with you via direct message very shortly on social media. Congrats on winning these pair of shoes. There we go. Beauties. Awesome. Okay, uh, we have connected with Doug Bell, and it was on our end. There was something ah. technically wrong behind the glass, but we have fixed that. So we're going to have Doug back on at the top of the hour at 11 a.m. ET to talk more Patrick Cantley and what Doug saw with his own eyes across four days uh, at Eastlake, which means let's talk a little Ryder Cup uh, as well right now, guys, because yep. we're going to have to rearrange this thing. Bob has... Uh, Kevin Nod done enough. If you're Steve Stricker, let's put aside Kepka for a sec. Let's assume for this moment in time that Brooks Kepka is playing the Ryder Cup. Okay. Okay? Is Kevin Na on your Ryder Cup team? Yes. Okay. So give me your other five. Because now Phil Mickelson, by the way, we should just remind our audience, mm-hmm. is now accepted an assistant captaincy right. role and is out of the equation. He is. Uh, he's not going to be a player. So I think the next four on the list are are locks. So that's uh, Finau, Shoffley, Spieth, Spieth, and uh, English. Yeah, English. Harris English. I think those guys are locks. Okay. So you have th- two to play with. I have two to play with. So I think Na goes in there because I think of what he did on this last couple of weeks is just show that you know he's an am- an amazing putter, which is what you need. And I think the last pick will go to Daniel Berger. Wow, because uh, of his finish at Eastlake? Yeah, I think so. I think he's kind of shown that he's got some stuff. He did well. You know, he was on the President's Cup team back in 2017. He's got a little experience in there. But I think you need to bring some guys in there who not haven't necessarily been in there. The only other outside possible for me might be Webb Simpson. But you got enough vets on the team that you don't need him. The only reason I would bring him is because he's such a good putter. So you are leaving... Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Captain America off this team because of fill in the blank, Bob? Uh, because I don't think he's going to be ready. I don't think he's going to be ready. His, you know, he, he was okay on, on the, this tournament, but I don't think he was great. And I just think those two guys are better. So it is not, it is not a personality dressing room thing for you, Patrick Reed. It is simply he is not in form. I think if it came down to a choice, if, if everything was equal and it was a choice between a Kevin Na or a Patrick Reed... I think Patrick Reed and uh, the boys in the, in the, the who are running this ship. Let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves. We know who's uh, who's all in there. It's the group, right? It's that uh, task force, and I think they may be going to sit him for one and say, "Look, you know, we don't really need to have you here this time." Hmm, very interesting. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll remind the top six: Morikawa, Johnson, DeChambeau, Kepka, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley. To Bob's point, Colin Morikawa presently not in form. Mm-hmm. Kapka might be injured. DJ maybe not in form. Played a little better on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But certainly guys in form are important. I'm with Bob, Adam, that I think Finau, Shoffley, Spieth, and English are now locks, which leaves two spots. Do you believe that those four are locks, and are you down to two picks, or where are you? At? Yeah, I, I'm definitely, so Finau, Shoffley, Spieth, for sure. Harris English, I'm about 97% sure he's in. Mm-hmm. And then there's so many different ways he could go here. I mean, Billy Horschel won the match play this year. Good point. Over Scotty Scheffler, and they're both in the mix. 
I'm with Kevin Nah. 19th on the list. 19th on the list. That's a lot of guys you're leapfrogging. You know, he played very well to her championship, but Whistling Straits is a bear of a golf course. It's incredibly long. Is that why Jason Kokrak should be in this conversation? That's, you know, a Jason Kokrak. He can putt and he hits it a mile. Yeah, it's good. Two good things to have, right? Yeah, and, you know, um, Webb Simpson's a steady Eddie guy. For me, it's probably Jason Kokrak and Webb Simpson as the other two picks. But like going through the list, like who are you going to play with Bryson? Like to me, Bryson, Patrick Reed, perfect. Yeah, well, P- P- Reed, <laughs> he's not on my team as well. I, I just think he's been through so much health wise. I mean, mm-hmm. what he discussed last week, how he almost died. Um, but I mean, do you only play Bryson in four ball? Because playing foursomes alternate shot, what kind of ball are you playing? You're three clubs longer than the other guy. To me, I don't think you're touching Bryson in foursomes. Personally, that's what I think. But so of those guys, um, yeah, Webb Simpson for sure. I, I put. I got to tell you guys, I love. I love the villain Patrick Reed. Like I love it. I love the energy. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so Vince McMahon heel, right? It's just <laughs> right. like it comes out of a movie script. Right? It was going to be a wrestling, <laughs> you know, you know, of course. Of course. And, and and I just I have to have I would have to have to. I understand all of Bob's points, by the way, too. And I do like the concept of you're going to sit this one out because like a little bit of a learn a lesson kind of thing, and then and then and, and get healthy and get healthy. Yeah. But if Patrick Reed, if Patrick Reed tells me. Me being Steve Stricker. Mm. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. If he says that, if he verbalizes that to me, I have to have Patrick Reed on this team. Because mm. I, I need some sandpaper. I how need you, some sandpaper. How do you determine that, though? Just That's the thing. Just, are you going to take his word for it? You'd have to, which is a whole <laughs> yeah. other can of worms. <laughs> whole other can of worms. But I want the sandpaper. I yep. want the guy that went toe-to-toe with McElroy, and they're yelling and screaming and pointing at each other. And I mean, I just... I. I also need maybe somebody to take the spotlight off DeChambeau and Kepka. And I'm looking at this team right now in a personality standpoint. Okay? We only got a couple of minutes left here. Morikawa, lovely guy. Class act, right? Flatline. Dustin Johnson, goldfish. <laughs> no as John, No balls, <laughs> right? Bryson DeChambeau, okay, lunatic. Kepka, lunatic. I want to pull the spotlight off those two, right? Justin Thomas, go to keep low profile. He's already learned his lesson on that one. He had a rough start to the year, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Cantley. If there's anyone with nothing left in their veins more than Dustin Johnson, it's Patrick Cantley. Where is the fire on this team other than the two negative energy guys mm-hmm. that are gonna I need that. I mean is, it's is it nowhere Jordan to be found. Steve, maybe he's not talked to every golf shot he ever hits. I don't like maybe I know, but you see what you see what yeah. I'm talking about yeah. energy wise here? Yeah. I mean wake up people we've got a Ryder Cup to play here, right? <laughs> that's so, why Phil maybe should have played. Then that's why I would have had Phil play in too, Adam. Hitting bombs too. Hitting bombs. Okay. Uh we've connected we have connected with Doug Bell. So we are going to go back to the Tour Championship, and we're going to bring in Doug Bell from uh, CBS Sports Network, CBS HQ, and PGA Tour Radio uh, coming up at the top of the hour on the other side. Uh, We're going to try to connect with uh, Calum Davidson as well, who won uh, McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada this week as well. A great win by him. I didn't get to see any of it, but I hear it was wet. It was rain. Yeah, it was a tough one. Rain suit was used. 
Rain, rain suit was used. We'll have winners, weird and what, as always. And we'll get you caught up a little bit on our Golf Talk Canada uh, schedule moving forward as it's a bit of a, a moving parts now as we are actually going to take a little bit of time off at Golf Talk Canada. What a concept. What a concept. <laughs> you know what? The PGA Tour can continue, but it doesn't mean we have to, right? So, But we still have stuff coming up for you, and we still have some TV specials or year in reviews and things of that nature. And uh, we've got some Ryder Cup content. You guys will be back in this chair Monday after the Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. wrapping that up as well. So we will get you caught up on all of this in Hour 2. But coming up on the other side, Doug Bell, PGA Tour Radio. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts. Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. Whether you're listening coast-to-coast on the TSN Radio Network, iHeartRadio, or watching us this morning on TSN Television, thanks for joining. And we are going to go back to the Tour Championship as we have... Fixed our tef- technical difficulties. Love to see that. And welcome in my good friend, a member of the PGA Tour radio team, a member of the CBS Sports team, Doug Bell, who walked four days with Patrick Cantley at the Tour Championship. Dougie, are you home yet? Are you back to Alabama, yeah. or are you still on the road? Roll Tide, baby. Uh, back <laughs> in Alabama. And excited to be home, even though it's just a short two-hour, 20-minute drive from East Lake. But uh, it was a great week, Mark. Uh, you were you were a part of it, Bob and Adam. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it really came down to the two best players uh, playing their best golf, especially uh, on that back nine. So that that's what the PGA Tour wanted when they uh, came up with this FedEx Cup formula, and I think that's what we got yesterday afternoon. All right, uh, Doug, I'm not going to bring up Alabama football on Saturday because we only have about 10 minutes with you. And I know that would be a full special just alone. But if I had told you this, if I had told you coming out of the BMW Championship with a historic putting performance in terms of strokes gained putting, that Patrick Cantley will finish negative 1.670 in strokes gained putting at the end of the week but will win the Tour Championship... Would you have told me I was crazy? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I laugh because I tell you you're crazy all the time. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, but yes, yes, I probably would have told you you were crazy, especially after the performance two weeks ago at the BMW. That seemed very unlikely. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Patrick Cantlay and John Robb and all the other guys we spoke to, they just kept talking about how difficult the greens were at Eastlake, especially compared to what they were at the BMW and even the Northern Trust, uh, very difficult greens to read, uh, major slope on those greens, a lot of undulation that TV doesn't really show. And I think these guys, um, 
they, they knew they were in for a test at the beginning of the week, and that's what they got till the very end. And I think Patrick, uh, you know, let's just say this. I, I think there was a little bit of pressure. Some of those putts that he missed, I, you know, I think he was feeling a little bit of heat, and I think that's what made his win even more impressive. Doug, I was, I was just going to ask you about that in, in a, from a different angle. That was essentially match play for $10 million. Fifteen? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I mean, 15 for the winner, but a $10 million oh, right. split, Thank right? Yes. And I'm wondering, did you notice these guys, were there, was there, do you think they were thinking about that? Do you think that was in the back of their minds somehow? I know these guys are filthy rich, but, but on top of it, do you think that was part of it? <laughs> well, uh, I do. I really do. Um, I don't think specifically they're out there over a four-foot vertigo. Boy, uh, this may cost me $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at the same time, they know what's at stake. You know, obviously, there's the big paycheck, uh, there's the five-year exemption, potentially player of the year, et cetera. But at the same time, nowadays, a guy like Cantlay, uh, he was 14 years old when the FedEx Cup started. So that's the only thing that he's known. He's a Southern California kid. When I talked to him yesterday and I asked him what it meant, and he said, listen, my name is on the same trophy as Tiger Woods. And growing up in Southern California, I was a Tiger guy. So he, he, he said, the fact my name is on that trophy with Tiger says it all. And so I, I think these young players who grew up in the FedEx Cup, it's not a major championship, but I think they hold it in the same regard as one of the four majors or even the Players' Championship. If you can, if you can win the FedEx Cup, which is the culmination of a, the start to the finish this long season, and I think it's very meaningful to these guys. And, and the fact that you can win $15 million kind of adds, adds even more to it. We're in conversation here with Doug Bell from uh, PGA Tour Radio, who was on the ground with Patrick Cantley for all 72 holes at the Tour Championship. So you're inside the ropes, Doug, and obviously, you know, Patrick Cantley has that uh, nickname of Patty Ice, that sort of flatline demeanor. Yeah. You saw him up close for this long, playing for so much money and so much on the line. What was it like watching his demeanor and, and being flatlined and not really getting too up or too down? How much did that really help him throughout this weekend? Well, I think it helped tremendously, although, you know, he missed that short birdie at 13, which seemed like a gimme, um, and then almost hits in the water at 15. You know, went on that short side. It was kind of like, what the heck? And he kind of caught a break there. And then at 17, when he flew the green, hit that little flop shot that didn't make it back up to the putting surface. So he was, he was getting shaky, and it was visible. I mean, I'm right there with him. And you can just see him breathing heavy in the chest. You can see him, you know, blowing his cheeks out. Um, that's the thing, guys. And you, you guys all know it and you appreciate the game. But the pressure that is on these guys when it's a mano-a-mano situation, it's different than anything else in sports because there's nobody. You know, in team sports, you have other guys around you. Uh, in a sport like golf, it's just you. And so all that goes into preparation and potentially winning something like that I just, I don't know, I have so much respect for those guys because I, I just, I can't imagine feeling that kind of pressure with all that's on the line and trying to pull off some of those shots. Really remarkable. And, and I guess after all the nervous stuff that I was just talking about, he comes through with that incredible six iron at 18 that he hit it up there to 11 feet. And that was not an easy lie either, guys. That was a little downhill lie. So uh, I don't know. I, I really appreciate what these guys go through. All right, Doug, uh, I want to get your Ryder Cup picks and switch gears with you a bit. But before we get your Ryder Cup picks, because Bob, Adam, and I have landed on four locks. We think that Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, yep. 
Tony Finau and Harris English are likely locks for the Ryder Cup U.S. team. And then we've got two kind of open hole floaters. But before we get to your Ryder Cup picks, where are you on this format, Doug? Do you think the Tour Championship format, are you all in on it? You know, even our winner this year, Patrick Cantley, kind of suggested that he was thinking along the same lines as John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, I believe Kevin Na was the other fourth name. They weren't critical, you know, they, they were still supportive of the format in the event, but they they were openly suggesting that, hey, this could use some tweaks that they're not huge fans necessarily of, of the current staggered start that we've seen now for the third year in a row. Where are you on the format? Well, you know, it's unique, that's for sure. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> but I, I really, I would like to see it. I mean, if you're one of the final 30 guys, um, I think you deserve a right to, To I think it should be a winner-take-all. That's my feeling. I, I think if you make it to Atlanta and you're one of the last 30 standing, I think even if you're 30th going in, uh, I think you need, uh, I, I think it ought to be winner-all, winner-take-all. And that's that's what I would like to see. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think they like this format. It creates uh, a lot of conversation. Uh, a guy like Dustin Johnson thinks it's a great format. Of course, he won two years ago. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously he likes it. But that's my take, guys. I, I think it ought to be a winner-take-all. And, and if you're Because really, in essence, I mean, if you're 30, 25 to 30, uh, really 20 to 30, um, I guess really 15 to 30, you really have no shot. At winning the FedEx Cup, although, you know, you go fifteen million, ten million, five, four, three, two, one, and, and down the line, so you still win a lot of money. But, but I would like to see a winner-take-all scenario, um, and, and and I think Patrick Cantley and some of the other guys feel the same way. All right, Captain Bell, give us your uh, give us your Ryder Cup <laughs> picks before we let you go. Well, um, you know, I like what you guys mentioned there. Um, I, you know, I think Patrick Reed has to be obviously if he's healthy. I think you have to have Patrick Reed on the team. I would like to see new blood, though. I would like to see a Sam Burns uh, get a shot. And, and I hope I hope they give the young guy a call because he's got a lot of moxie, a lot of game. I would like to see a Kevin Na get a shot, somebody new. because And, and Mark, you were talking about it in the broadcast yesterday. I, I really believe there's enough guys to hit it far enough at Whistling Straits. I think you really need somebody who is a great putter. And, and I, I think Kevin Na would be a great pick. Sam Burns and Kevin Nye certainly wouldn't be a sexy pick or two, but I think that would be uh, – I, I think sometimes you have to get away from chalk. I think sometimes you have to consider, well, let's try something new. And plus, a Sam Burns or a Scotty Scheffler or somebody like that, they're going to be in Ryder Cups down the road. So I think you need to give these guys a chance to get in there, get their feet wet, get a, get a feel for the pressure. Talk about pressure. That's a different sort of pressure at the Ryder Cup. Doug, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with uh, Bob, Adam, and I. I know it was a long week for all of us, uh, and I know you especially grinding it out there on the ground, uh, walking with that final group for four days. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on our on our TV special today. And uh, I know I'll be talking to you over the fall for our broadcast, but I will see you finally in person in January when we're in Hawaii. Awesome. That would be awesome, oh, getting back on the ground. So, Doug, thanks so much, and, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you in the next few weeks. All right, boys. Take care. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You knew it was coming. Doug Bell, PGA Tour Radio, CBS Sports HQ. Uh, also covers uh, a lot of the major championship golf for ESPN Radio as well. So, And Dougie, really one of the, the nice guys in the game of golf. Lo- love Doug Bell. He's a great guy. And uh, makes a lot of sense, you know, in the sense that 
if doing the same thing over and over again over the years hasn't worked, which obviously hasn't, just look at the record of the Team USA. Why not inject something different? Why not inject some youth? And in other team sports, we've seen that in the past, like Team Canada for hockey, they will pick a kid or two because they know that in four years from now, the future of this team, or in two mm-hmm. years from now, the future's team. So why not maybe a Burns or a Scheffler? Uh, I think I think you can bring those guys in or co-crack. You know, he's not yeah. that old. Yeah. And I think uh, that's, in some ways, it's not apples to apples, but it's what Europe has done in a little bit of bringing some of the younger guys on or the newer guys on, but they didn't really have as much depth to choose from, so it's not quite as much of an option. But that's worked so well because you see those guys who get in one, two, three cups, and now they're used to what's going on, yelling, screaming, all that stuff. Good wave. I mean, if Sam Burns makes this team, do they do team mustaches? I mean, Sam Burns <laughs> has, has the wickets. That, we've seen Justin Thomas grew up the playoffs. Bars. He has the bars. He's got yeah, the bars yeah. down there. I mean, that's, that's quite a look. But, no, I think Sam Burns would be a great pick. Obviously, he has the win this year. One of the great ball strikers as well mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where Captain Stricker does. Uh, this is Wednesday morning. I believe he makes the pick. So, interesting to see what happens. On the other side, we're going to try to connect with Caleb Davidson, who won the PGA Tour Canada event this week, McKenzie Tour. Uh, and we're also, though, going to talk European Ryder Cup team because blurry? That, is that the word? <laughs> like, I'm looking at this, and I'm looking, and, and you know, five months ago, I thought that it was a flip. I, five months ago, I would have told you personally, six months ago, oh, Steve Stricker's got the harder job on mm, the picks. Mm. I'm looking at this Padraig Harrington list, guys, and I don't really know where to go, and I'm really curious to see your thoughts because maybe Padraig Harrington is the one that has the opportunity to do what we just said. Because the picks aren't obvious, let's go young and inject some youth. Maybe he has more freedom to do it. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we will switch gears a little bit now and talk a little PGA Tour Canada, Mackenzie Tour, Zakino Weeks, Scully with you. Uh, Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, completing back-to-back weeks in Prince Edward Island with the Brudenell River Classic. Brudenell River, I, I love this golf facility, Brudenell. It's mm. been a, has been a couple of years since I've been out to PEI, but uh, such a wonderful part of the country. And uh, Callum Davidson, with the victory, 68-64-69, finishes 15 under par and a one-shot win over Noah Steele, who won the week before, the amateur. A couple of Canadian flags posted on top of this leaderboard. And joining us now, making his way to northern Saskatchewan for the next event, Callum. Congratulations. Uh, wonderful play. Did you feel this coming? Could you sense something big was coming? Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's been a bit of a tough season. Um, maybe not. I uh, didn't really kind of feel like this was going to come, but um, my game kind of felt like it was uh, trending in the right direction. And, um, you know, obviously uh, I hit a little bit better off the tee than, than the previous weeks. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so, Callum, I have to ask, uh, you're currently on your way to Saskatchewan, and you've been on quite the journey 
uh, via car. Uh, wa- tell our <laughs> listeners uh, what, how far you've gone and how much further you have to go driving. Um, so, yeah, I've been on the road since uh, June. Um, and I'm in an RV, small RV. But, uh, yeah, I've made my way from Seattle all the way to Georgia. And then I went from uh, a bunch of different tournaments. And I went from Cincinnati all the way to uh, PEI. And then um, now PEI to uh, Saskatchewan. And I'm about uh, six hours away from my uh, destination, uh, Elk Ridge Resort. Um, yeah. So, uh been a long long journey <laughs> what do you what do you do to pass the time like how does don't you go like this is a that's a lot of miles or a lot of kilometers on there it's is it is it a um is this a love of the game is this what you're the price you're paying to try and make this career out of it for sure yeah it's it it's tough um i've never been on this long of a road trip before <laughs> um usually we fly but um yeah you know it's yeah, obviously I love the game and this is what I want to do. So uh, you just got to make it work uh, any way you can. Uh, so, Cal, I have to ask, um, you're one of the only players who plays cross-handed on all shots. Is that correct? Tell us about, about your yeah. grip and, and how, it, how, you, how it came to be. Yeah, so I, I just I just picked it up like that when I was like three years old um, with a plastic club and a plastic ball and just hit it up the stairs um, and it rolled back to me and then I just that's how I started golf um, watching my dad and brother um, and then I just you know a couple coaches always tried to change me um, when I got older uh, around ten and eleven and I just continued doing it and uh, I got better and better so just never saw a reason to change. Uh, Callum, before we let you go, it uh, sounds to me like uh, hitting it better off the tee was a real key for you this week. But I'm just curious now that you have a win under your belt, does this change the goals or the strategy for the rest of the year? Or is it you know one day at a time and uh, it won't affect the way you look at the rest of your schedule? Yeah. Um, yeah, off the tee has been the biggest struggle uh, uh, all season. Um it yeah, just I mean I've been focusing on that. I feel like the rest of my game's in a pretty good spot. Um so if I can just get it better off the tee, um, yeah, that's mainly what I'm working on and and what I look forward to uh um yeah. Callum, congratulations. Safe driving. I know you got a long way to go. We'll be watching the rest of the way and a wonderful victory. So congratulations and thanks for jumping in with us this morning. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Caleb Davison wins 68-64-69 Brutonell River Classic and on his way to Northern Saskatchewan. To your point, Bob, it is it is a grind. It is a haul, uh, and and then to to be in the moment to be able to play well. You know, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this. We were on uh, we were on TV and we were doing Winners Weird and What. And I asked you if Rory McIlroy lost his eye of the tiger because there was a picture of him getting out of his BMW courtesy car <laughs> into crazy. his private jet while, uh, was it Hideki? No, it was Morikawa with the Claire Jug. With Claire Jug, flying yeah. commercial, yeah. pulling it through the airport. <laughs> That's I went, right. Maybe it's an eye of the tiger. You want to talk eye of the tiger? It's guys on McKenzie Tour, PJ Tour Canada, PJ Tour Latino America, Forum Tour, Cornfrey. That's Eye of the Tiger. You know, it's funny when you go and you talk to players. Like I've had this conversation with with Graham Delette. I've had it with Adam Hadwin. They go back and they say, you know, those were really fun days. Right. I remember talking to Dave Barr, and when he used to play the old guys like Dave Barr and Dan Halderson and a bunch of guys, they used to camp. 
they would go and play the old Canadian tour and they would camp. And if one guy got into contention, they would all chip in and get him a, a hotel room for that night so he could sleep in a bed so he'd have a chance to win the tournament. Um, I mean, Adam Hadwin talking about washing his clothes in the sink uh, in the hotel and, and, you know, putting them up. So there's all sorts of... You better want it and love it at that exactly, point. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is the yeah. price of... I don't say everyone has to pay this kind of price, but a lot of guys who were on the tour went through exactly what Callum's going through. All right, we are going to talk a little European Ryder Cup. I think we're going to do it in the final yeah, segment on yeah. the other side of where's going to. But before we do, mm-hmm. let's break down who's automatically on this team okay. first and set that up. So, uh, the European team does things a little bit differently than Team USA. One, they only have three picks instead of six picks, so they have nine qualifying positions, and they go off two points less: a European Tour points list and a World points list. Here are. Your current members, the locks for Team Europe. John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy. Those are the four players that come off the European points list. Then we go to the world list for the next five. Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Lee Westwood. Those are the nine. Excuse me. And Shane Lowry. There's the other five. Those are the... Top nine that are locked in for Team Europe, which means there are three players available Mm -hmm. for Podrick Harrington. Where does he go? There's not a page leaping out of the board. There is Ryder Cup. I think he needs to make a very clear, concise decision. Does he need to add experience to this team, or does he need to add new blood and youth to this team? Because there are players like Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose, etc., that have a wealth of, of European and Ryder Cups experience. And by the way, positive wealth. Not the, oh, yeah. not the bad memories of Team USA. <laughs> no, they know how to get it done, and they bring good energy of, of victories to the room. Or do they head in a different direction? Bern Wiesberg, which I know Bob's high on. Robert McIntyre, who I like, the lefty Scottish player. Uh, Victor Perez. Is there a youth choice here. I don't know. That's the choice facing Padre Carrington. We'll get your guys' opinions coming up in the final segment of today's show. We'll also get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada. And we're going to do a little uh, winner's weird and what. Before we go to break, which way do you, do you think he'll go one way or the other, Bob? Just don't give me names. Do you think he'll go like in a direction? Uh, I'm going to say he's going to go 2-1 veterans, newcomers. I like it. I'm with you on this. Adam? I totally agree, too. I, I think we'll see guys who have been there before and maybe someone. 2-1? Yeah, 2-1. So sure. I'm the same way, which means we've got to be wrong. There's no way. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's like when we do our TSN edge picks. When yeah. we all love a guy, he usually misses the cut. Yeah, right? we all picked Patrick Reed that one week, and then obviously he didn't play. Right, that. right. BMW. We're like the kiss of death when we uh, like connect on, oh, yeah, we agree. Well, just go yeah. the other way. Yeah. Go straight to wherever it is you like to play a little action, whatever that is, and, and go the in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's how that works. All right, on the other side, it's three dub. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winner's weird and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. 
Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac. Never stop arriving. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully, as we will get into Winner's Weird and Want momentarily. I just want to jump on something, because off mic, we were talking a couple weeks ago, we were at a TaylorMade event out of Copper Creek, and we got to hit some of the new product, and we got to hit the uh, new MG3 wedges, mm-hmm. which I, I thought just really good-looking wedges, like nice and clean. Yeah. Uh, I love how they got the leaning edge on the lob wedge a little closer to the ground, which as a lefty is always hard because occasionally you don't get the low bounce options in the left-handed model. Right. You know me, I'm a I, I get to I like to get on the wheel a little bit myself. But this this lob wedge looks sits really good naturally. But you were talking about spin and maybe you know they've got that raw face and the mm-hmm. ball spinning too much. I found the same thing last night, but it's it's partly is that shaft. If you, sure. if you use that high rev KBS wedge shaft, huh. it adds like a few extra hundred RPMs. And I, I I got away from it this time for the same reason as what you were just thinking, Adam. It's like the head's beautiful. I love the wedge. The ball's the best. You know how much I love the golf ball. But when you put that KBS uh, high rev shaft in it, I mean, and. <laughs> You know, if you don't need it, it's, again, just like everything else, fitting is everything. Absolutely. And, you know, combining the raw face, like I find chipping and even approach shots, like from 120 yards, and I'm spinning wedges 10 feet back, and you you play for that. I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're someone who doesn't spin the ball a lot and needs that extra help, then it's a great asset, right? So to each their own and make sure you get fit, but check out those MG3 wedges. Okay, let's do it. Three dub, winners, weird, and what, and the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, it comes in the time in the show. This should be sponsored, where Mark contradicts himself. He has a keto rant that's sponsored, and then a Mark contradiction. I like it. Because I was, you know, as much as I have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to we're going to hand out player of the year, most likely to Patrick Cantley, who has four wins that are really two victories um my winner is the playoffs i mean do you remember the years bob where we you would get bombarded 12 years ago on social media about how the playoffs don't mean anything and the fedex cups and money grab and nobody cares why are they force feeding us all this crap and i'm sorry you asked me last week what the most exciting golf tournament Mm -hmm. of the year was and I finally know my answer. The FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. So if I just tell you that the FedEx Cup playoffs, to me, if that was on there as a choice for the three of them combined, that's my winner. The quality of the golf, the chance at 59s, playoffs, just what was at stake. The FedEx Cup's my winner, Bob. Uh, yeah, hard to disagree. You know, And I think Doug Bell pointed out that uh, Patrick Cantley was 14. So it's, you know when it first started. So it's mm-hmm. come a long way for one thing. People are understanding of it. They're accepting of it. It reminds me a little bit of how the Players' Championship has now grown to become accepted in almost a, a fifth major, four and a half major. I can't believe it. When Doug Bell said that Patrick Cantley was 14 years old, I, 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 just, I, I just I went, what? <laughs> I almost went and found a hole and lied in it, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, my weird this week, and I'm going to need your help on this, because from my perspective, you got, I was, I had all these moving parts. I was, din, 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 and I'm hosting PGA Tour Radio, spinning plates. <laughs> And then I get this 
controversy thing popping up and our producer telling me that there was this putt that was picked up in the Solheim Cup that shouldn't have been conceded and a ref injected themselves into a match in the Solheim Cup. So I have a question. Can someone please walk me through exactly what happened? And secondly, why can't the Solheim Cup ever take place without some kind of bizarre rules infraction? Who, which one of you wants to take this? Uh, no, Bob, you go Bob, ahead. Bob, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So there was a putt made, and it got to the edge, and apparently it was slightly overhanging the lip. There was never any chance this putt was going to fall. European tour player picks the ball up before 10 seconds is over, and to con- you know, say, okay, yeah, that's good, and, and picks the ball up and throws it back. The uh, I think it was Nelly Corda, mm. and and she's fine with it, no problem. So both. Players are cool. They're yeah, cool. Okay. This is fine. Right. It wasn't going in. We know that. Right. And then the ref came out and said, hey, you picked up that ball. You didn't have the right to pick up that ball. You have to give it 10 seconds. Therefore, it's deemed as if the ball went in. It's an eagle. You go, you get a, uh, you, they won, Americans won the hole and ended up winning the match one up. Oh, my. Yeah. And there's no way to, you, the Americans can't say, no, I concede. It's, right. The ref comes in and does it. So it's just you Why know, can't we have a Solheim Cup with not, with something that, that doesn't involve? But then, us? like you wonder, it, should the U.S. have conceded the next hole to maybe even it up? I I don't know. People I on social know, media were certainly the only thing I can say is, why would you pick up a ball? Like don't yeah, just don't, pick don't up touch ball. it. Yeah, right. yeah, just don't touch it. Yeah. All right. Well, thus my weird. And thank you for the clarification. <laughs> my what this week, I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know, regardless of a lost season for Rory McIlroy, and regardless of how much I want to bang my head against the wall sometimes with Rory, because I just want him to be Rory, because I think the game's so much better when he is near at the top of the world. He's still one of the, just the, the nicest people and best players in the game, and he crashed the Ryder Cup Steve Stricker dinner. Did you see this? I didn't see that. This is awesome. So Steve Stricker, I believe it was Wednesday night of the Tour Championship, took the six automatics from Team USA out for dinner, and Rory McIlroy happened to be having dinner at the same restaurant, <laughs> saw the captains hanging together beforehand, stuff like that, with the vice captains, and Rory decided to poke his head in and say hello. <laughs> and Rory's quote was, don't worry, I didn't get any secrets in quotations. So I love Rory McIlroy. Okay, guys, Bob, the tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right. Well, my winner is a, a friend of uh, Ontario Golf. It's a local, little bit of a semi-local story compared to what uh, you had, Mark. It's Dave Bunker, who is an outstanding amateur golfer, has always been an outstanding amateur golfer. This guy has won, I think, just about everything there is to win in amateur golf. He's now a, he's a retired school teacher, so all he does is play golf. And he got to the semifinals of the U.S. Senior Amateur, and I wanted to give him a shout-out because that's a awesome. big accomplishment. He also won the Florida State Senior Amateur earlier this year so a big shout out to Dave Bunker who is uh, just one of those nice guys out uh, out there and just continues to play really good golf and have you ever uh, possibly the best name in golf yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, like, there's Adam Shank there's yep. uh, Ryan, yep. Ryan Yip Duffy there, Waldorf and right? there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a teacher and famous instructor by the name of Shankland Craig Shankland ah. I, don't know, I don't want to take a lesson from him yeah, I'm going off to Shankland for <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. my uh, weird this week is I was looking at this uh, picture on on the screen, and and my sound was off on my TV, and I was trying to figure out 
Who is that golfer? Who is that guy? Dustin Johnson shaved his beard off. Yes. Did you see that? He yes. looked like a totally different guy. He looked like I. He looked like he was twelve years old mm-hmm. in his one picture they put up there. And I guess apparently he didn't like it. And apparently after he shaved it off, it was at the request of his wife. Apparently, uh, but he started growing it back. And by by Sunday afternoon, you could see the beard coming back in. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it, it'll be back in form for the Ryder Cup for sure. But he's been known, you know, to have that beard for so long. And well, I also didn't know that Dustin Johnson was Italian. And he could grow a beard in twenty four. <laughs> Hours yeah, like that. Exactly. I, I had no idea. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> it's a weird, yeah. weird picture. You yeah. haven't seen a guy without a beard for so long, and it's there like, he whoa, is. And very stuff. jarring. Yeah. Uh, my what this week is a little more serious. It's a uh, we had a big storm last week. I don't remember quite what. It, maybe it was last weekend. Yes, last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday, Saturday. Right. And yeah. uh, there was a tragedy in Erin, Ontario, at a golf course. There, lightning struck. And uh, anyway, and I'm not sure the exact if it was the lightning that was hit him or what happened, but a gentleman died by in the storm. And it reminded me that I had written a story years ago, I think it was for the Du Maurier Classic program, about what you should do if you get caught on a golf course in a storm. Mm-hmm. The natural reaction is, oh, I'm going to run into the tree and get protected. Of yeah, course, right. you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. If it's a really serious electrical storm, you know what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Go into a bunker and lie down in the bunker. Really? Because the bunker is lower than any part of the golf course. Did I've never heard this. Isn't that amazing? So I just thought I would pass it out. No, it's I good information. Terrible, a terrible, I mean, I don't know how many people are actually going to do that. I've heard stories, Bob, of some people telling me that if you're not walking, if you happen to be riding, to stay in your cart because the rubber grounds the cart. Yeah, right? But I've right. never heard this bunker. So if, yeah. you're, if, you, so if you're out there walking, you're out there walking, middle of nowhere. Yeah, you get caught in the electrical storm, get into the bunker, lie down, and, uh, and wait it wow. out, I guess. Here Better. on Golf Talk Canada, we save lives. There we go. All right, Adam (laughs) Scully, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. (laughs) Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, my winner this week goes basically what what we've seen from Phil Mickelson on social media. We see people away from the golf course and become star. You know, we see what their personalities are like off the golf course and, you know, we know the superstars on the golf course. My winner this week PGA Tour and Netflix are getting together Saw for this. a docu-series. So yeah. similar to this F1 Drive to, Drive to Survive, yeah. which I haven't seen, but I've been it's told awesome. to definitely yeah. watch. I hear it's fantastic, yeah. too. I haven't seen it either. So I'm curious what's going to come out of this. Are we going to see Bryson DeChambeau? Are we going to see some of the big names? Are, are, is the PGA Tour going to control this, or is this going to be a Netflix That's the question, right? Thing? Because if it's Netflix control, this is it's going to be must-see TV Bob, regardless. what do you think? I'm going to give a shout out to Dan O'Rappaport, who, told me, who on, online sort of said that they've already started negotiating with some of the players through their agents to try and get certain players and there are you know they've got picks and I, be, I believe Ian Poulter is one of the guys they're looking at and the key to to drive to survive is that they they just went right into the background and they, it was completely unfiltered it's raw and and if the PJ Tour allows that to happen which I'm not sure they will mm-hmm. it could be awesome I, I'm yeah. in the same position as Bob I was on earlier this week with uh, Matthew Cause and Carlo Koliakovo on first up and they asked me about it and I, I had the same opinion I said listen I don't know but I'm of the opinion of Bob if we peel back the curtain and go raw I mean I'm be glued to this for sure and I mean you know if you look at Bryson DeChambeau's YouTube channel he posts these like 25 minute videos and yeah yes yeah, say what you want about Bryson he's a he's an interesting dude mm-hmm. But uh, some of those videos, like their must-see TV, like him swinging eight irons with 160 miles per hour of ball speed, it's ludicrous, quite frankly. But I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, out of this. Speaking of, speaking of Bryson, he's my weird this week. The birdie he made on Saturday oh on my. the 18th hole. Yeah, it was crazy. So, first of all, the line he took yeah. going up the 10th fairway, I believe, 
And they look for his ball. Three minutes. Nah, we can't find it. Sorry, Bryson. And then some shot link camera shows Finds up it. and says, or uh, shows that a fan picked up his ball so we could take a free drop. And what do you do from there? Hits it on the green. Two-putt, birdie, ho-hum. The whole process is weird, starting with the fact that somewhere in his beautiful mind, he thinks that's a better line. He said he only picked that line when the, tee, when the pin was on the far side of the green. He says this is the best way to come Open in. Open up the, the whole location. There. Exactly. Well, and one thing that was kind of strange, the broadcast didn't show that tee shot. No. I would have loved to see the yeah. shot tracer going way this way instead of way down the fairway. But He's not uh, boring. No. I'll <laughs> no, agree on that. Right. He's not boring. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, my what this week? Sung J.M. We know he loves to play golf week in, week out. He set the record for most birdies or better in a single PGA Tour season with 513 in 127 rounds, beating Steve Flesh, who had 509 in 123 rounds. So, yes, the super season was long, but Sung J.M., 513 birdies or better. The guy loves to play golf. He and loves it. Yeah, yeah. It was happened. It happened early. He broke the record. I think the, uh, he broke it early in the day with a couple with yes. a birdie at two or yeah. something yesterday. But I mean, pretty awesome, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love a guy who just wants to keep playing golf because the opposite. How you know, we spoke about it off the top, but burnout and da 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 da. You never hear that from Sanjay. <laughs> no, no. His attitude is: if I'm not playing for millions of dollars somewhere, I'm at home playing for free. Yeah. So let's just go play let's golf. Keep going, right? baby. So, yeah. All right. On the other side, we are going to put a bow on today's show. Adam will get us caught up on all things golf.canada because we got some uh, scheduling uh, mm-hmm. items to address uh, and we will uh, find out who Adam and Bob will select as if they were Patrick Harrington and I just can't picture you two as leprechauns I can't <laughs> e- I can't e- a pint of Guinness I- maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I found there were some interesting comments as well this week by Rory McIlroy Qu- quickly before we go to ba- break Rory McIlroy because he's unfiltered and authentic mm-hmm. and he said and he was being complimentary to Patrick Harrington, but he, he was saying the captain's position in a Ryder Cup is is one of the most overinflated uh, positions. It doesn't; they don't hit shots, they don't make putts, and we over uh, put too much value into it. And he said some captains are very different. He said Thomas Bjorn gave up year and a half of his life to be Ryder Cup. That means says, and Patrick Harrington is a competitive guy who still plays, who still has access to the PGA Tour and European Tour and wants to be a golfer. So there's two very different ways of doing things. He said, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We've got to hit the shots. <laughs> yep. We've got to hit the putts. All right, well, we'll jump into it next. Maybe the most important thing of a captain that they do in any Ryder Cup is who they pick on the team. Maybe this is the only thing that really affects the outcome. I was going to say team uniforms, but I mean, well, no, that's, fine. <laughs> <Ben>. <laughs> that's a TV special. Worst you, Ben Crenshaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, why was it? What were they thinking? Okay, well, obviously, don't listen to the first good decision. Oh, <laughs> on the other side, we'll put a bow on it. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Thank you so much for tuning in today, whether it's TSN Television or TSN Radio, iHeartRadio app, online, tsn.ca. We've got some scheduling changes. Our last weekly TV show ran last week, but we will be back for monthly uh, TV specials Mm -hmm. throughout the remainder of the year. Um, September, October, November, December, year review, Festivus back in December. Uh, we've got some best ofs coming up in radio and then a special for Ryder Cup. That's right, yeah. So on radio, next, next week we're running a special TaylorMade Equipment Best of Special cool. where we'll hear all about TaylorMade's gear in 2021. We'll hear from you know Tomo Boystad and Matt Bovey and Bill Price and all the, the geniuses behind the TaylorMade gear in 2021. The following week we'll have a little Winner's Weird and What special where some of our nice. favorite three dubs of the year. We'll also hear from some of the McKenzie Tour winners. We'll have on the show as well. And then our next live radio show is Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday, Wednesday, September 22nd, 10 a.m. to noon, where we'll have a full two-hour preview of the Ryder Cup. Perhaps the most entertaining event of the year. We'll have a special uh, Winners Weird and What Ryder Cup edition as well, all-time Ryder Cup edition Winners Weird and What. That's September 22nd, 10 a.m. And that is a great segue, Adam, because <laughs> I would like to know what Captain Weeks, uh-huh. who has been just given the nod to be the captain of the European Ryder Cup team, I don't know if you know this, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. For Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I know you're busy and got a lot on the schedule, but we thought we'd throw something else on your plate. You've got three picks. We all agreed that Harrington's going to go two veterans and inject some youth, which means we're probably likely incorrect. Mm. So I'd like to know who are your two veterans that you're adding, because there's three of them that kind of leap out of the page. You can only grab two. And who's your youth injection, Bob? Uh, top of the list, I'm going to go Sergio. I think he proved enough. He made it to the Tour Championship. You know, it was sort of, uh, I don't know how to, to classify the year for Sergio, to be perfectly honest with you, but I think he played well enough, and I think he gets inspired enough mm-hmm. around those. And I know he's he and Padraig Harrington are pretty good pals, even though uh, Padraig beat him at the Open Championship. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick Sergio. And then the same thing, I don't know how you leave Ian Poulter off there. He's, he is... He kind of turned his game on a little bit in the last part of the year. He's not great. He's not the old guy but I th- that he was before. But I think he can play well enough. And I think he can, you know, you can put him into the right situations uh, where you're going to place him there. And then I think you got to go with Bern Wiesberger. I think he came so close to, uh, to earning a spot. Uh, just fell a little bit short that I think he's one of those guys who is playing well. He's probably the best guy, the guy on the team to me, who's playing the best golf right now. So I think he gets picked. And to your point with Sergio, technically a winner on the PGA Tour this season, right? Yeah. He won October, November last right. year at the Sanderson Farms Championship almost a year ago, but technically a winner. And also, to Bob's point, when you're saying so close to earning a spot, the next individual on that world list was Sergio Garcia. And then was Bern Wiesberger, right. to Bob's point. Adam, where are you going? Yeah, you know what? I actually agree with those three picks as well, Sergio Poulter and Wiesberger. Someone who is trying to apply some late pressure here, Henrik Stenson has been MIA, yeah. but his last three worldwide starts, T4, a third, and a T15 on the European Tour. Yes, he's still 100 A watered-down version yes, of the European true, Tour. Yes, true, true. They're but, all here. I mean, I mean that, that bazooka <laughs> three-wood off the tee. Yeah. Lost in the wilderness, Henrik Stenson. Totally. For over a year. I think Justin Rose, yes, he had the 18-hole lead at the Masters, uh, solid finish the PGA Championship. Another guy, you know, those guys were partners forever in the Ryder Cup. And nobody's going to go Rasmus Hjogard. Yeah. Or uh, Robert McIntyre, yeah. right? Victor Perez. Uh, Victor Perez. No. 
Uh, and of course, Justin Rose was the name that no one mentioned, yeah, who was a lot was. closer to this list than Henrik Stenson ever was uh-huh. all year, right? Mm-hmm. And a guy that was all on our radar when we got to Augusta. All on our radar, too. Well, we're going to break up Mollywood. Mollywood, Mollywood will not make an appearance. So here's what I know, guys. We only have uh, just under two minutes left. So here's what I know. We all thought that Patrick Harrington was going to put two vets and and, and new blood on this team, which means likely not going to happen because the three of us agree. (laughs) And now I know for sure that Sergio Garcia... And Ian Poulter and Bern Wiesberger will not be on this team because I agree with both of you. <laughs> we don't have a single different pick. We agree exactly on the three sign. names. This, this can't a be a good sign no. for these players, right? That the three of us all see this exactly the same way. And we were all hyping this as something that is not clear-cut because it isn't clear-cut. But yet the three of us all agree, which is amazing. And to me, maybe it's clear-cut to us because we just don't see a really good choice here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there isn't... When I look at now, again, USA only had six automatics, so I get it. But, I mean, there is no way that the gold medalist Xander Shoffley is not being put on that team. Oh, there is no way that Jordan Spieth, who had a, a, a career resurgence, is not on mm-hmm. that team, right? I mean, there are slam-dunk no-brainers. And the fact that there isn't slam-dunk no-brainers on this European team, maybe, maybe it's a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I go, I just want to leave you guys with this. How happy is Bryson DeChambeau of the Ryder Cups on American soil this year? Oh my yeah. <laughs> he's going to become yeah. a, he's going to change that black hat for a white hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Bob. Thank you, Adam. Thank, thank you. you. I know I won't see you guys for a couple of weeks, and I'm going to do some touring. Well, until this Friday. Oh, we're going to golf this Big Friday. Match. That's right, Weeksino taking on Obstacle. Obstacle. <laughs> That's right. That's going down at Weston. We'll get an update to uh, on social media. Follow us on yeah. social media. Be a busy social Canada, media day. If you want to see what happens in the match, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.